0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dan1132. I'm Jim Whittavine. Happy to be here with you once again. And this time we're going to take a little break from the series on propaganda. We're going to return to that subject again in a future episode. But now I what I really want to do is I want to kind of dive in on the deep end. And I want to talk about conspiracy theories. Now, I've been called a conspiracy theorist. Uh, that's an accusation that's been leveled against me, that's fine. I prefer to call myself a conspiracy realist. And I do that because of, in particular, the message of Psalm 2, which speaks of the kings and the leaders of the earth uniting themselves against the Lord, uh, conspiring together against his anointed one. And the fact that there does exist a very real conspiracy in this world. And many other, within that greater conspiracy, you could say, uh, many other plans and conspiracies against God and against his people and against all that is good and, and right and according to God's law and according to God's will. So I refer to myself as a conspiracy realist. But I want to talk a little bit about conspiracy theories and what what that actually means. What is a what is a conspiracy theory, and why am I wanting to talk about it in the first place? Well, first of all, there's been obviously in this past year there's been a lot of uh, uh, conspiracy theories between quotes uh, arising, uh, arising on the scene, being discussed. Being added to the list of of our already long list of conspiracy theories, but then there's also been responses, and there's been in the in the corporate media, there's been attacks on attacks or or uh, articles written, stories told. About conspiracy theories, ridiculing these conspiracy theorists and what they have to say and 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 brushing broad brushing people as conspiracy theorists. And this has also happened in the Christian world, in the broader evangelical world, in the reformed world as well, where those messages are also being put forth that we need to avoid being conspiracy theorists and and lumping all these conspiracy theories in the same pile and saying that as Christians we need to uh, not be conspiracy theorists we need to reject these things uh, and and labeling people as conspiracy theorists so that that's really my first problem that I have and that is with the label itself what happens when you give somebody or something a label is you immediately you, you put them into a box and you say this is where you are you don't have to be taken seriously because you are a in this case, conspiracy theorist. In other theological debates and, and disagreements, there's other boxes that we put people in, and, and you, you might be able to think of your own, but I can think of, of a couple. One uh, in the reformed Calvinist world. the One way to, to uh, immediately shut down discussion is to say, say that somebody is a hyper-Calvinist. Well, you're a hyper-Calvinist. Well, and then that person will say, no, you're an Arminian. Immediately, you've shut down debate, you've labeled the other person, you've put them in a box, and that box will stick. He's a hyper-Calvinist, he's an Arminian. You haven't addressed the issues, you haven't addressed the arguments, you've just simply labeled somebody as being a hyper-Calvinist or an Arminian, and that's it. Whether they are or whether they aren't, doesn't really matter. Another area in which this happens is uh, the division between people who call other people antinomians people who who are against god's law they're they're libertines they want to abandon god's law they're at oh you're an antinomian and then the antinomian says to the other person ah you're a legalist antinomians and legalists another label which doesn't address the issues and once we start using those labels and, and attaching those labels to other people the discussion ends same thing with uh, with conspiracy theorists as I as I said, I, I, I refer to myself as in my position as conspiracy realism, because there are conspiracies in this world, and you're not going to hear about them, especially today, uh, in the corporate media, or you're not you're you're going to hear them being ridiculed and and mocked and pushed off to the side, or in the the avenues that are available to us via big tech. So there, these these stories are being scrubbed from the big platforms, the big social media platforms, and the question that leads to is the the question that 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 arises often is why? Why does that happen? And and why are those voices being silenced? Is not discussion a good thing? So conspiracy theories. the 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 other problem with conspiracy theories is, is that. Any kind of story or explanation that doesn't fit the mainstream narrative is lumped together as a conspiracy or as a conspiracy theory. And I can think of a few examples. I'll just give you a few examples. There's there's a, there's a guy named David Icke who you may have heard of, and uh, he he and other people speak about uh, this this theory that. Uh, there are these uh, lizard people or you know kind of um yeah uh, people who are uh, reptilian uh and and uh, that they're in the upper echelons of power well that's that's a conspiracy theory that that has no proof to it and there are there are conspiracy theories like that most recently that that that's that's radical uh, there are others like that uh, most recently uh I think of the QAnon uh conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory, again, I don't like that label, but that the the QAnon movement. And we've seen we've seen with uh the the election of Joe Biden in the United States and Trump leaving office, uh, we saw kind of the collapse of that QAnon movement. Some people saying well it was a it was a, a psychological operation. It wasn't it wasn't real. Uh, in the first place, and that people were uh, following this uh, this movement despite the fact that there was no evidence that it was actually a thing. You know, there was there was Q who was posting. Nobody knew who it was. Some people said they knew who it was, and all these things are happening behind the scenes, and people are putting their trust in this movement despite the lack of proof, despite the lack of hard evidence. And so now, what we see happening with Trump leaving office. The Q followers are redefining things, and, and 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 they're saying, "Well, okay, well, Biden's not really the president. The the military operation in Washington D.C. is, uh, uh, you know, something's going on there, and and the explanations, everything is made to fit into that worldview." So, so there are there are conspiracy theories which do not appear to me to be founded in fact, but then there are things that are called conspiracy theories which are actually proven, which are actually documented, which are not theories at all, but which are, by any legitimate measure, reality. But yet they're still called conspiracy theories. I'll I'll refer to one in particular, and that that is the idea of the Great Reset. The Great Reset and build back better, and the the World Economic Forum's movement to use or direct the results of the COVID nineteen uh, current situation, and use that to create a new and better world in their according to their imagination. The Great Reset. Well, people said that Justin Trudeau is. Uh, a part of this, that he wants uh, to be a part of this Great Reset. And he says, well, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, it's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, He's spoken about it. The World Economic Forum has spoken about it. The World Economic Forum is a very, very powerful and influential organization in this world. And many people have used this terminology, and not just the terminology, but the philosophy that underlies it. And Klaus Schwab, the director, founder of the World Economic Forum, has even written a book about the Great Reset uh, and what that means and what they want. What is their agenda? So that is not a conspiracy theory, it's a reality. And it's a reality that's available for on paper, well, paper, so to speak, electronically, on the internet, on the, the World Economic Forum's website. On the material that they post and that they uh, they share at their at their meetings, all of these things are in the open. They're not conspiracy theories; they are reality. But yet, people who talk about the Great Reset and people who say we need to be very careful with what's happening today, with what with the measures that governments are taking uh, to supposedly combat COVID nineteen and say that this is this appears to be part of the Great Reset, things that are happening, people will say, ah, no, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's just a conspiracy theory. The problem is, that's brushing off the issue without actually dealing with it. And I believe it's done in order to avoid having to face the reality of what's happening. Or... Another another thing that happens, and this happens in the evangelical Christian world, is that people don't want to be tarred with that brush. They don't want to be associated with the so-called conspiracy theorists. They want to be intellectually respectable. They want to be accepted in the mainstream. They don't want to be rejected. They don't want to be pushed off to the side. And so Christianity today... The, the organizations of, of big evangelicalism, uh, the Gospel Coalition, organizations like that publish articles warning Christians against conspiracy theories. Not helpful articles, not articles that, uh, that actually will make a difference, but articles that firmly place Christianity Today, the other organizations, in the respectable mainstream. And it's a kind of virtue virtue signaling that happens. Saying, "Look at us, we don't we don't associate with that. We don't mess uh, get mixed up in those things. We're above that. We're beyond that." And I find that very disingenuous, and I find it not at all helpful. And I, as far as as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned, to be associated with conspiracy theorists is neither here nor there. I want to be associated with the truth. And the truth often requires some digging to get at. What's the truth? The truth is there. And the truth, and the truth is, it's not, it's not hidden. The, these conspiracies, if you want to call them that, are not secret. They're not something that's being hidden from the world. They're things that are being done openly. And they're things that are, that are, that are being done by powerful and wealthy people. And we need to be aware of them. When we think of conspiracy theories, we can think of. Uh, I'll, I'll go through several different aspects of uh, conspiracies, and I'm going to keep using that word. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, that that word. And when you think of conspiracy theories, you might think of I or what I think of is the influence of uh, and and one of the one of the central conspiracies. Or, or aspects of conspiracies in, in this world is, is the influence of philanthropic foundations or so-called philanthropic foundations in this world. You think of one of the earliest or some of the earliest philanthropic foundations, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford Foundation, and then some of the later ones, that the Carnegie Foundation, some of the later ones that uh, developed over the years Um Uh, along these same lines, other foundations. You could think of the Open Society Foundation and most recently, probably the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And these foundations, these philanthropic organizations, if you look at them, you can see that they share an agenda. George Soros of the Open Society Foundation uh, shares an agenda with in many ways the rockefeller foundation the ford foundation the the bill and melinda gates foundation and these foundations work together in various ways in a very incestuous manner passing money back and forth supporting various organizations uh, and in a way that is not open and transparent but in a way that can to a certain extent be followed and understood simply doing uh, doing due diligence and looking at the documents that are available to everyone online. You can also think in the Christian world of the Templeton Foundation, which also has its hands in many, in many different places and also has a very wide reach. So that's one part of the, the, the world of what's going on behind the scenes and a world that we need to be aware of and the influence that these organizations have. Then we also have non-governmental organizations, which are not philanthropic organizations, but in association with the United Nations. Uh, We have the World Health Organization, UNESCO. We have in the health area, uh, we have other organizations, which as well are being highly influenced by Bill and Melinda Gates. And there is the Global Vaccine Alliance, the the GAVI, which it's it's interesting and very insightful to see the reach that Bill Gates also has through this organization. And so there's all these connections that happen here as well. Just to give an example, I don't want to stray too far from the actual subject of conspiracy theories, but to give an example of this, GAVI. uh, it, was, uh, it was big news when Donald Trump decided to remove the funding from the World Health Organization last year. And when he did that, he instead gave that, decided to give that money to Gavi, the Global Vaccine uh, the, uh, Alliance for Vaccines, which is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation largely and also a lot of big pharmaceutical companies. So what ended up happening was a transfer, a transfer of money from the World Health Organization, the largest funder of which is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to Gavi, the largest funder of which is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Conspiracy theory? No, it's conspiracy fact. And again, we see so many conflicts of interest among these organizations whether it's the philanthropic organizations or whether it's the non-governmental organizations or extra national organizations so many conflicts of interest that it leads to a number of questions about decisions that are being made and how those decisions are being made another area of importance is the area of what has been come to be known as the deep state and people say, oh, you're talking about the deep state. That's uh, that's uh, another conspiracy theory. Or the swamp that uh, President Trump was supposed to have been draining, but really which he didn't do a very effective job at draining at all. So you have that swamp, that deep state, that kind of shadow government that uh, that's operating behind the scenes. Conspiracy theory or conspiracy fact? Well, I think the events of the past four years have have shown that there is such a thing as a deep state, that it's active in the, the multiple levels of bureaucracy in national governments, working behind the scenes and maintaining a continuity along the lines of governments, whether it's in the States with Republican and Democrat, whether it's in Canada with conservative and liberal, changing places, that deep state the inner workings of, of which remain constant no matter who is in charge. We have this continuity, things that are going on behind the scenes. And we need to ask questions about that. We need to examine that. So that's another area of, of importance when it comes to things that are called conspiracy theories. You can also look to the entertainment industry and how that's being directed and and the messages that are being delivered through the entertainment industry. You look at the corporate media and the control of the corporate media, which is concentrated in very few hands and which is uh, governed with, also with an agenda that is very contrary to the Christian worldview and the Christian agenda and often works at cross purposes or even against Christianity, the Christian faith, and freedom in society that leads to the thriving of uh, the church, the family, and and the society that is really heavily and, and positively influenced by the church and Christian principles. So those are some areas in which you can talk about conspiracy theories, you can talk about conspiracy facts you can talk about reality and you can talk about mainstream narratives and narratives which are not acceptable to the mainstream and therefore rejected and pushed off to the side now you can think of several or i could think of several things that that sound crazy and that you may never have heard of and i'm going to i'm going to just mention a couple of them and and what do you think if if i was to say to you that the central intelligence agency in the united states the CIA was heavily involved in mind control experiments and brainwashing. If I was to say to you that that was a fact, what would you say to that? Now, chances are, if you've never heard of it, you would say, Well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Like, how can you say that? Well, the fact is, there was a program in this, of the CIA in the 1950s and 1960s called MKUltra, which worked in the field of mind control brainwashing and did a lot of experimentation with mind altering drugs including LSD with brainwashing techniques with with trying to erase people's personality and implant on them uh, a uh, or or start with a clean slate so to speak now ostensibly what they claimed they were doing was was trying to counter what the Chinese were doing, what the communists were doing at that time with their brainwashing. But they ended up doing exactly the same thing. And, and that includes very well documented and proven brainwashing experiments that were done in Canada, in Montreal, by Canadian a Canadian psychiatrist. And so MKUltra is a reality. And there are other things that the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, has done as well in the past, which also once fit under this heading of conspiracy theory. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're a, uh, you're a radical. You're one of these strange people on the fringes. For instance, the infiltration of the media, putting people from the CIA into various media organizations to influence what the media comes out with. This also has been proven. Public hearings have been done about it. It's documented. It's not a theory, it's a reality. Then you can also think of the, the Central Intelligence Agency's role in other countries. And I think, for example, of Guatemala in uh, the second half and the beginning of the second half of the 20th century, and other nations as well, where they have been work, worked behind the scenes on behalf of big corporate corporations. In the case of Guatemala, it was the United Fruit Company, to foment rebellion in these countries. All of these things which were going on behind the scenes to fight, supposedly, to fight communism, but really to help their big business buddies, like United Fruit in this case. Many other stories like that, documented, uh, historically correct. And the one thing that... This shows, and that's another point that I wanted to make, and, and, and the importance of this conspiracy reality is that these are not far right conspiracy theories. And they're often portrayed that way in the media, in the corporate media, as being a far right cons- uh, conspiracy theory. Well, it's neither right nor left. In this case, when you think of the CIA's involvement in third world countries trying to overthrow regimes, These are things that were defended by people on the so-called right. And they were things that were promoted by governments on the the right. But yet, the reality is that whether it's under right-leaning governments or left-leaning governments, often the same things continue to happen. And this is where I think it's very important for us as Christians to critically examine, not, not be not be gullible, no, especially we, we, we need to work very hard not to be gullible, not to be taken in, to do our due diligence, to remember the Ninth Commandment, to remember that the, the what God's Word says about witnesses and checking witnesses and having two or three witnesses and not just trusting in one single person, but also not in rejecting these things, Simply because they don't fit in with the mainstream narrative. And so as Christians, our, our duty is to the truth, because the truth is from God, and the truth is what we need. We can't live in what, what I see as often deliberate ignorance. Well, that stuff doesn't really matter. We can never know what well, you know what? There's a lot of things that we can know and a lot of things that we should know. But the second thing, the second reason why it's so important for us to do this due diligence is because it sets us free from, from what some people call the two-party illusion. And it sets us, it, it, it helps us to move away from putting our trust in men, putting our trust in political parties, putting our trust in some kind of savior figure politically because it helps us to see that these things are not limited to the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or the Liberal Party in Canada or the Conservative Party in Canada. But that these things are everywhere and that we cannot seek our salvation in any human being, whether it was Donald Trump or whether it is in some conservative figure politically or whether it's in some kind of movement or or some kind of populist figure. We don't put our trust, and we cannot put our hope in princes. And seeing what what happens behind the scenes and what's often not on the front pages helps us in that way to avoid falling into that trap. And another thing that people say is, is well, we shouldn't live in fear. We shouldn't fear these conspiracies, these conspiracies, and uh, we should just live our lives and, and go about our business and not worry about these things. We shouldn't live in fear, we, and we should not have to live in fear as Christians. Well, and, and I'll, I can say amen to that. We should not live in fear, and we don't have to live in fear. And understanding the reality of this world and the reality that conspiracies against God and his anointed exist is not... A recipe for living in fear. But knowing that God's in control of history, knowing that God is directing all of these things, knowing that all of these things are in his hand, but knowing at the same time that there is a conspiracy, conspiracy of, of, of the evil one against God and his, his anointed son, against the, the, the Messiah, the Christ, knowing that helps us to direct our efforts to direct our prayers. It gives us a realistic understanding of this world. At the same time, we can be optimistic and we can be certain we can live in confidence, knowing that God's in control, knowing that he is the one who guides all things and knowing that he's not going to lose and knowing that we're on the right side. So it's not a pessimism. It's not a fear. It's a realism and it's a being prepared, being prepared to confront the enemy in the battle. And what we're involved in is not just a battle against, the Apostle Paul said this, is not a battle against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And that's a spiritual warfare of the Christian life. And that's a reality. And I think in the 21st century, as Christians, we tend to minimize, or many many of us, Tend to minimize that reality because we've become very um, logical. We've become very, um, yeah, very, very uh, this worldly in our thinking. We we forget about the spiritual realities, but we need to remember the spiritual realities. We need to remember that the battle is bigger than what we can see and hear and taste and touch. That it's a spiritual warfare that we're involved in and so in that there are forces that are at work and those forces need we need to be aware of those forces and not and not deny them and not minimize them and finally we need to be discerning be discerning not just in in making a blanket rejection of conspiracy theories we can't just do that because it's not honest it's not intellectually honest and it doesn't place us in a good position as Christians. It places us on the side of the world, sure. It, it places us among those who will be respected, sure. We won't be rejected because of our supposedly fringe viewpoints. Yeah, that's, that's true. But at the same time, we are not going to be standing firm against the lie, against the conspiracies which raise themselves up against what is good, and we won't be prepared to, to fight. So saying, giving a blanket condemnation of conspiracy theories without actually engaging with the argument, engaging with the evidence, doing that is not at all helpful. And it's actually siding with the lie instead of battling for the truth and that's really what I want to do over the last couple of weeks talking about propaganda I'll, I'll I'll be speaking about it again in the future that propaganda as we are as we become aware of it more and more we'll recognize it and we'll learn to reject it and we'll learn to embrace and to love the truth even more and to to do our due diligence to discover the truth that's an extremely important aspect of living a discerning life as a Christian. Realizing, understanding that, for example, the media, the mass media, the corporate media has an agenda. The government and the, the, the deep state, if I can use that term, has an agenda. The, the bureaucratic system, which, which goes deep in, in, in all countries of the world, has an agenda. These international organizations have an agenda. Hollywood has an agenda. And so we need to be healthily skeptical. And we, need to be, we need to be very skeptical about what we hear. And we need, to, we need to think twice about whether we're being deceived or whether there is an agenda or whether there are conflicts of interest. In whatever, whatever area it may be, whether it's in the reaction to COVID-19, whether it's in the the so-called Great Reset, whether it's in the Agenda 2030 and Agenda 21 of the United Nations, whatever it may be, we need to be on our guard knowing that the enemy of God's people is Satan. And who is Satan? Well, Satan's the father of lies. And so we can expect to be lied to. We can expect that, and we should expect that. So we shouldn't be gullible. We shouldn't be easily deceived. Because if we are, we'll soon find ourselves being deceived in greater and greater things. And we need to stand firm. We need to take action. And we need to not not worry about being labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Who cares? Be a realist. Be someone who doesn't just take the information that's thrown at you at face value. Test all things. That's something that the Bereans, in a different context, were commended for. Testing all things. They heard the the preaching of the apostles sent directly by Christ. They heard their teaching and they tested them according to scripture. And that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do with this podcast, with this video. That's what you need to do when you hear sermons. That's what you need to do uh, when you read anything, test it. Don't just take it at face value. But do that due, due diligence. And that's, that's so very important. So when people use that term, just to conclude, when people use that term conspiracy theorist, I say, well, oh, well, I know uh, other people have used that, that phrase conspiracy realist and I'll, I'll gladly take that upon myself as well. No problem. And what I want to do is encourage you, those who are watching, to do that that diligent work that's necessary and to remember that things are not always as they appear. Don't get sucked in by wild theories that are unprovable that, that can, can't be proven, that have no evidence, but that, that seem to build on themselves and then fortify themselves. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the reality of things and events and organizations that are at work in this world and that do form a formidable enemy towards God and his kingdom. But knowing that that enemy is not going to be victorious. And so going into this battle with confidence, but realizing that it is a battle. So that's a a little little bit on conspiracy theories. And uh, as I've said before, I'm going to talk more about this stuff in various different contexts. But that's just uh, where I'm coming from on this and where I think we should be as as Christians uh, who take our role seriously in our society. That we're realists, That we understand what's going on in this world that we don't live in fear but we live with a realistic uh, worldview a realistic understanding of the things that are happening in this world and not being fooled if you find this uh this series if you find this podcast helpful uh, please do share with your friends on here on uh, whether it's here on rumble or on Anchor, or Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. I hope and pray that it's been a blessing to you, and may God bless you. Until next time.